they finish just above the relegation zone. They have uh, an interesting squad. Dave, anyone on Watford you're interested in? Nope. Big pile of poop. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Hey, it's Brian Shesko. Why do you guys sound so far away? You don't sound in the studio. Well, yeah, we're all in... Are we in different time? Are we in the same time zone? Just different states? I know Dave, you yeah. and I are back in the same state at least. We're still very much separated by my uh, time at least here. Uh, as we try to get some previews uh, out on our podcast feed before the Premier League season begins. It's been a challenge for us on uh, a number of personal levels, but hey, we are dedicated to the start of the Premier League season, so we're going to do this quality uh, or no quality, and we're going to give you something to work with, as you said, your big one lineup for Fantasy Premier League. If you haven't heard it already, make sure you go back and listen to us uh, preview the season for the top 10 teams in last year's end-of-season table. Uh, we went through each of those clubs one at a time, even position by position, uh, to give you what you would need uh, to, to know, as you said, your first week's lineup. Today we're going to go through the bottom half of last year's table, of course, substituting the promoted clubs for last year's relegated clubs. Some diamonds in the rough right here. This is this is rounds four through seven of the NFL draft. If I can make that analogy again oh. from the previous podcast episode. Yeah, but we're going to give you the names you need. I mean, Scott, listen, there's a part of me that's like, why are we even going through this? Because there might be like <laughs> one or two guys on my team that I might play, and it's just because like, I'm looking for a, a the lowest budget guy possible. Right, I'm looking for the new Jordi Amat to take that last spot in my defender. Yeah, it's funny you say that. We can talk about that guy exactly when we get to Swansea City a little later. Wait a minute. I thought I thought he got sold. I thought we had to. We couldn't use him anymore. Well, Dave, that's where there's always someone to come in, step in and replace a Jordi Amat. <laughs> but no one truly well, love or in our hearts replace Jordi Amat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no one is going to replace him in our hearts. <laughs> Wow. I don't think West Ham United. Okay. I don't think West Ham United is finishing 11th again this coming year, but that's where they finished last year, so we start with them. And every position has notable names for West Ham uh, in our FTO discussions. Let's just start 
their goalkeeper. And I'm just going to say right now, Joe Hart is probably going to start the season in my backup goalkeeper role. I'm surprised that Joe Hart is starting the season at four and a half dollars. Yeah, I think that's really reasonable. I think you're exactly right. I don't see why why he wouldn't fill that second spot for almost anybody. West Ham is shopping Adrian. It's clear that Joe Hart's coming in as the number one. I know he's new to West Ham, but he's not new to anyone who's been following the Premier League for the last few years. Uh, I think that this one makes sense. Um, hey, Scott, speaking of that, I, I think that's a good, not a bad steam for this lower, uh, for the lower teams. Is There's pedigree with Joe Hart that you know right off the bat you're getting that guy. He's no stranger. And so I think that comes up a lot. Actually, there's some other guys even further down that I, that I thought the exact same thing uh, about the difference between purchasing him, having him in the team or not. It comes down to that. And that's why I think a lot of the guys that we can talk about with West Ham, uh, you can say that about. Do um, you want to say anything else about Joe Hart? Yeah, I, I'm uh, going to say something about Joe what? Hart. He... <laughs> <laughs> Joe Hart will make sure. What could possibly be said beyond what Brian and I just gushed about the last 35 seconds. Listen, no one gets a team more ready pre game in the tunnel better than Joe Hart. That, the premier, I mean, this is almost as good as, um, oh, who was, uh, uh, Louis Van Gaal. Almost as good as him coming back to manage in the Premier League. Like the second best thing to that, entertainment wise, is Joe Hart coming back to be the goalkeeper for a Premier League club. And we get to see him pre pre uh, pre game in the tunnel every week now. This is great for English football. All right, yeah, you're right. NBC is, NBC is pumped because there's a reason now for us to start watching a match five minutes before. Uh, kick off again. Uh, we no longer need, you know, we, we can't just wait till kickoff now to start watching. We actually have to watch the tunnel again because Joe Hart is back. Come on, Pablo! Come on, Pablo! You can be a big man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely get some of that. Uh, can we talk about the other guys now? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. The defenders are mostly the same guys, uh, largely inconsistent, uh, but they did add Pablo Zahaleta Big news. Coming back. That's 
lot of time, and that's there's no there's no assured start for Aaron Cresswell uh, heading into the season. So, Brian, that is an excellent West Ham standpoint knowledge, and I'm yeah. grateful for it. Uh, but I don't care. I'm not playing a single defender from West Ham <laughs> in my lineup. Until I know that West Ham is past the days of every match being 2-2. And I know that that's probably not the case. Yeah. But it just seems like every time West Ham kicks off, it's going to be 2-2. That's why Joe Hart's not going to be my starting goalkeeper. He's going to be my backup goalkeeper. I'm only going to play him right. based on matchups. When Tom Heaton is not a good matchup. Like, that's, you know, this isn't contradictory on my part. I, I'm not going, there's five other defenders I can play uh, in FPL. I'm not going near West Ham. Scott, you can look at and last year and last year was particularly bad. But I'm just well, maybe maybe if Joe Hart can uh, maybe he can bring them up a level. Who knows? Absolutely maybe not helpful. But speaking of moving up a level, the big news at, at forward or at uh, midfielder is that everyone's favorite West Ham midfielder is going to be out for the first week. Uh, Mikhail Antonio. Yeah, at least out for the opener. Uh, Slavon Bellic says it's all part of the plan, but Antonio's ahead of whatever his uh, timetable is, whatever that means. So, I, I mean, I think that's the other big thing with them is getting all of these guys, like yet again, a, a West Ham team that's starting the season with a ton of injuries. Uh, and it's going to take a while to see everybody together if, if we ever see them all together on the field. So at this point, we know what we're getting with Manuel Lanzini. Uh, oh, sorry, before I move on to Antonio, he's only seven and a half, so when he returns, he's going to be very enticing if he can find that form he had in flashes last year. Uh, but we know what we're getting with Manuel Lanzini. Andre Ayew has yet to be great for West Ham. Even though oh, Scott. Going to be. Scott, you will realize the error of your ways this year as Andre Ayew will be on track to be one of West Ham's best players of all time. All right, Dave, are you going to own him? Uh, yeah, I might. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and see what happens to start the season. But you okay. you got to look at it like this. Uh, and West Ham has three players that, especially in the midfield, Really four if you include Antonio, because Mikel Antonio, I feel like he's the uh, he's the guy that when he's on the field can be a can be a stat stuffer when he's out there. But you you have Mikel Antonio, Marco Marco Arnautovic, Robert Snodgrass, and Andre Ayew, all about the same price, all about like seven billion dollars, uh, you know, to six, uh, and you know, in on my team. The way I've constructed my team, I kind of have like there's at least one midfielder on my team, kind of in that price range, maybe one, maybe two. And so when I'm when I'm looking at it, I'm trying to figure out like, who's the best best player in that kind of price range that I can get to to move into that spot to start the season. There's a few guys there that are really tempting. I I just don't know what what I'm going to get yet from, from West Ham. West Ham has the players to, Scott, like you already said in the open, to really, really be a formidable team this year. How are they going to, are they going to play better at home? That was their biggest, one of their biggest problems last year, of course. You know, they had uh, 
they look like a, a, a wounded unit a, uh, in, in a hospital last year. I felt like every guy on the field was, had bandages on as they were playing. But their health and how are they going to play at home, you know, I think are the two biggest questions for them. But they got guys really talented in that midfield who, yeah, I'm thinking about, but I just want to see it first. I, I feel like there's so much uh, you and I in disagreement. So here, let, let me just go through these names, and I know we recognize them all. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go through these three names, and I'm going to look at them in an entirely different way than you just did. Okay. Andre Ayew. Well, hey, he so, Andre Ayew. So this isn't the first time that you're going to be a rain cloud, but go ahead. Go ahead and be that rain yeah. cloud, Scott. had his best days at Swansea with uh, with Gomis. I mean, we're going back a few years now. Uh, he, honestly, he's showing all the signs of having occasional good matches, but largely being washed up. Marco Arnautovic, last year was a terrible year. That's still city. You can say it was just a lack of personal desire or whatever, but quite honestly, I, I just, I need him to show me something or else I'm just going to believe that he is another washed-up midfielder on this roster, kind of reminiscent of someone else who was largely disappointing last year, and that's the next name, Robert Snodgrass. He was great at Hall City to start the year, went to West Ham, and all of a sudden looked absolutely pedestrian. In my mind, Marco Arnautovic is looking more likely to be the next Robert Snodgrass on this team than he is to be the next Mikel Antonio-type uh, stuffer, as he mentioned. Uh, I just see three guys who are going to be largely average and very disappointing for West Ham uh, unless unless they do show something different. But uh, honestly, West Ham midfielder is the exact opposite of Liverpool midfielder. Liverpool midfielder, last year, and then we talked about it again in our previous episode, uh, I think upcoming again this year, you're not going to go wrong with the, with three or four Liverpool midfielders. Big name, they're going to get you seven to ten points on a, on a pretty regular basis. West Ham midfielder, I see just the opposite. Pick a name, and they might get you three. Any one of them might get you three. Uh, I just don't see much good here on a consistent basis that's ownable for SPL. Well, I see your point. <clears throat> I understand your point. I don't expect them to have the same consistency that I, I expect out of my Liverpool uh, midfielders. But I think you are being horribly harsh and unfair in thinking uh, in, in, in what in what your last statement was. But you know what? I love it when you're wrong, so I'm going to let you hold to that, and then then I can totally exit even, you. Scott, I totally agree. I think I will definitely, I feel the same way. I will have a tough time starting the season with any of those guys on my team. But at least with Marco, you know that it, even in a bad season with Stoke last season, he still finished with six goals. Yeah. The potential there. Yeah, in your uh, face, Scott. But definitely, but definitely it is, it is a, I think it is a, a wait and see. But getting everyone on the field at the same time, I think, has to be the priority. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got to be the priority. So here's yet another category, another group of players who we're not going to be able to own them until September at the earliest. I mean, this is just the, the way it works in FPL sometimes. You see them previous. Sometimes it's just a matter of who who are you going to be able to play in these first three weeks before the transfer window closes and these clubs have a chance to come together. We see who they actually are. Yeah. Uh, moving ahead to forward, tell me if you've heard this one before. Andy Carroll. 
okay, because West Ham has reinforcements in the place of Chicharito. Yeah, the little P. Yeah, I'm trying to buy a Chicharito. Hey, he's the, yeah, it would be tough to be as high as everyone else is. He's the third most popular striker right now. Well, I, I, I think everyone loves his price. And, and uh, look, as a third striker, I'm sure people are picking him up as a third striker, right? But the, the, if you're playing him as a second or first striker, that's very interesting. I hope your midfield's really strong. But I think most people are probably playing him as a third striker. In other words, not play, planning to play him much, but he looks to be the uh, definite starter on a club that has a lot of talent, and we're just all kind of waiting to see what happens. But he's cheaper than Rooney at seven. He's um, Chincharito's at seven. Rooney's at, at, at a seven point five billion dollars, along with Defoe. Defoe's at an eight. Josh King's at a seven seven point five. So so he's point five. So a lot of people are get saying, "Hey, I can get a starter, a a a, a decent starter that is cheaper." I mean, people are saving money starting him, and that's what I think people love about it. I guess. I mean, you're right, Dave. As a third striker, I start to entertain the idea of playing him. Uh, I need to see actual production. Uh, he, at his worst, he's going to be a Danny Welbeck type who is unplayable in fantasy because he might get some minutes, but he's not going to give you much production. Well, but uh, I, I need to see a little bit more than that from him. Yeah, and start. Scott, I think you're being a little. As of as of six days ago, ESPN was reporting uh, via one of the West Ham trainers that Chicharito isn't 100 percent fit yet. Uh, so I, I think it's pretty safe to say that they they are going to need to treat him carefully. Since I mean that we already said I mean they have a pile of injuries, and do you really want to have uh, Andy Carroll's groin ligaments or Diafra Sacco as your as your top striker. Yeah. But it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like it's gonna work and in the possibly Dave, that might be the one way that Andre Ayu gets straight into the lineup is because uh, he can play uh, up top. Yeah. So he might be one of those guys that, that does get to play advanced a little bit compared to uh, the, compared to his designation. That's true, Brian. He might play the uh, the Josh King role, sort of like for uh, as Josh King did for Bournemouth last year. <laughs> A terrible Josh King impression, I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Twelfth <laughs> place last season was Leicester City, and uh, they've got a lot of the same names there. Uh, new manager uh, in, in terms of starting the season for the first time with them as manager Craig Shakespeare, uh, but we found that he could, he could inspire some of the old players into looking like new again at the end of last year. So let's talk in, about Lester in two parts, guys. Let's talk about first of all the guys we know, uh, not counting Robert Hughes because he is out till mid September. But let's talk about the guys we know, and then let's talk about their new signing that we are very excited about, Kalechi Bianaccio. But first, let's talk about the old guys. Uh, are there any of these guys worth owning to start the season? I I really like Wes Morgan at a 4.5. In other words, he, that he's a defender that is going to be starting every single week. That Listen, I don't love Leicester's defense. A couple years ago, obviously, they were amazing. 
I don't expect that from him. But I know this. He seems to start every week. And he gets an occasional headed goal in. Like, I like that. I'm good with that. And I like Schmeichel. Not necessarily as much uh, as a uh, fantasy play. But I think Lester... Listen, at the end of last year, Lester sort of looked like the old Lester, the championship level Lester. They they started become becoming formidable again, and I just wonder if that doesn't kind of continue into this year, even though they do have a lot of the same the same guys there. Adding Iannaccio, uh up top along with Vardy, and I think they both start. Wes Morgan at a four point five seems like a bargain for me, and I currently own him on my uh, in my lineup. Yeah, I mean I. I would say with Fuchs, uh, Christian Fuchs, I mean, I, I feel like just with because of free kicks, because of set pieces, I feel like that guy is always going to have some kind of return for you. And he seems pretty durable. I mean, I think he was, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how many he missed last season. That's really good research, you can tell uh, from being on Christian Fuchs. But <laughs> Christian Fuchs is really, I feel like, is good. I mean, he was, he was a really solid play. Uh, throughout the season, last season for them. Um, I, I want to talk about Harry Maguire, but I know that's a new guy, Scott. That's the guy I really want to talk about. But for the rest of the guys that are already there, I mean, I can't imagine that. I mean, I feel like the percentages, there's a lot of percentages that we can talk about like, in ownership for these teams. This looks exactly right. 1.8% of people are starting the season with with Riyad Mahrez. That sounds exactly right for his price Why? performance He's last year. He's not going to be there. No, no, that's what I mean. I, I'm saying like that's so low. Like there, that's such a small percentage of people that are starting with him. You know, Mark Albrighton, 1.2% of people own him. Danny Drakewater, only 0.6% of people are starting this season with him. Like, that looks exactly he's right. Like, yeah, he's still like more points. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no one here. I mean, it's really only... I mean, it's the it's David, like you said. I think I think Schmeichel is always a solid choice. It's those defenders, and then after that, it's the the question of is is Jamie Vardy worth it for you? So he's that's a great question. I was going to get to that. He's eight and a half, which is the price of a second striker ish. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, well, he's in the range like of Roberto Firmino. And I got to be honest, yeah, I like Firmino better. Yeah, I definitely yeah, like Firmino definitely. better. Yeah, definitely Firmino. And is this how you want to you want to segue this into your the, the new signings? Let's do it. I, I would like to do that because no one expected Vardy to duplicate two seasons ago. You know, twenty four goals, eight assists is not going to happen again for him. But thirteen and eight last season was not terrible. Considering most of the striker numbers, right? Yeah, and considering most of that happened kind of after Craig Shakespeare took over. But the the question is, him, or even on his own team, do you want Iannaccio? Do you want Kalachi Iannaccio at $7? He's 20, they paid 25 million pounds for him. Like, are they they transferring him to not play him? I mean, it seems like... And the, I agree with you. Logically, that makes total sense. But I interrupt you because last year they did the same thing with Slomani. And he was never ownable. And they paid exactly the same amount for him. Yeah, but I feel like Ian Acho, 
think it's unfair to Ianacho. He's a way better player than Slomani. And he's more like, I mean, I don't think Slomani could ever beat out Okazaki to start up top with Vardy. And I think Ianacho is going to come into the side and already be better than Okazaki. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think I think that's yeah. I would like to see it work too. I, it's I, I think that's I mean, at seven dollars, I mean, that's, uh, you'd have to ask yourself the question even from the last team: Would you start Chicharito for seven dollars, or would you start Ianacho for seven dollars? Man, I I feel like given the this the player and the situation, I I don't know. I probably would lean a little bit Ianacho just knowing that. He's been so, so, you know, prolific whenever he's had a chance. See, this is, Ian Ocho is not going to be in my August squad, but I'm going to consider him for my September squad after I've had a few matches to see how they line up and how well they play together. If they play together at all, uh, I'm going to wait and see on that. Obviously, you know, I'm really sticking to my principle of setting my week one lineup for week one. Ian Ocho might end up being a great third striker over the course of the season, but I don't think he will be for week one. So he's not going to be my third striker for week one. And and that's just the way that it goes in FPL because of the transfer window. So week one, I'm avoiding Ian Ocho, but I'm keeping an eye on how Lester lines up and then what their results are. Because you never know, good things might happen. Uh, Brian, here's your 15 seconds on Harry Maguire. Go. And Robert Hoop is out for six to eight weeks. As of mid July, so the possible the earliest you might see him is the second week of September. Uh, yet again, another guy that Lester paid a pretty decent fee to get, and from what we said earlier, Scott, this is a guy who we saw really thrive and get better throughout the year with Hall City. I mean, obviously, not one guy can keep Hall City afloat, but uh, but. Harry Maguire was really good, and he's and he was an impressive giant player for Hall enough to attract Leicester City to transfer him to their team for seventeen million pounds to get him this season. And he's walking into a situation where he's definitely going to start for a while. And the whole the whole issue last season was Leicester saying we need to get younger in our defense, and this is exactly what they needed. Yep. Harry yep. McGuire is five dollars, and he's only one and a half percent owned. I think it's a really solid uh, Scott Danish type uh, player to add to your team. You're exactly right. I love it because even if you do use your free transfer on him in week eight, he's still going to get you points for the first seven weeks. I love it. I think you're absolutely right. Stoke City, guys. I'm going to go ahead and say that if I were one of those people. Uh, and I can't be, because in the United States you can't do this, but if I was in England, and I was one of those people who bet on things like who's going to be the first manager to be fired, Mark Hughes of Stoke City would be the person i put my money on. Mark Hughes has a predictable, and I'm going to get to why I'm talking about this in a second, but Mark Hughes has a predictable managerial cycle where he goes into clubs, he does his thing for a couple of years, but then he isn't able to attract players to the transfer market. And after a couple of transfer markets of that being the case, he ends up not getting performances out of the same players again. The squad gets stale and he gets let go. Stoke City, I know you got Kurt Zuma in there at the defense, but everyone else is looking the same after the last uh, couple of years. 
aside from Jack Butlin being back in goal, uh, I'm not liking Stoke City's chances. So I gave you my two names of guys that I might consider. Otherwise, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from Stoke. What do you guys say? Man. Dave, is there literally anyone that you want to spend more than two seconds on on this team? No. It, it's, it's funny. I'm looking at the roster as Scott's talking, and I'm like, I just got nothing. I got nothing on this roster right now. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that we have performed a week or two, but, you know, I, they tend to be fool's gold. Of course I love Butland, and, and I heck, I like Lee Grant. But, man, I just I don't trust anyone on this roster right now. And, and it, it would someone's really going to have to be good for me to trust someone. Yeah. Start the season. Yeah. Um, you can't count on uh, two years ago Jack Butland um, to come right back into the roster. I'm vaguely interested in, you know, can can Joe Allen be a useful player for five and a half dollars? But I mean, last year, you know, five percent of people are already on him, which I feel like is high. Uh, he had that one month. Yeah. 
got this. I mean, is one of the first guys. That, I mean, five dollars again. Get another guy that's you know, uh, you know, probably look to be starting again for them uh, in a new formation and a guy that can thrive in a formation like that. Uh, that you know that we've already seen do well in the Premier League. So. Um, Patrick Van Arnold's a guy that's probably he's intriguing but probably a little bit too expensive at five and a half for the risk and return uh, not if their not if their formation change leads to more goal scoring opportunities so he could fairly yeah, easily become must own yeah that's true and that he he was he was doing a little more uh, off the bench work you know towards the end of the season last season uh, I think for sure, new manager and new formation. Yeah, I mean, if it if it's looking like he's starting regularly, yeah, that could change really quick. But it's very much wait and see, right? I mean, we haven't even mentioned Wilfried Daha yet at seven, top right yeah. midfielder. Uh, I think he's someone that at seven could very easily put in as a third or fourth midfielder. Absolutely. Even at seven, even, even though there's the uncertainty to start the year as a new manager in your system, that's not a that's not a big risk. No, you know, he's, not, he's he's one of the the certain players. I think. I mean, and the percentage of ownership reflects that. I mean, he's been great this summer. He was he was. The, I mean, he's going to get he's going to get fouled a lot uh, again <laughs> this season. That's um, true. You know, it, it breaks all my rules, you know, because with the new manager, I don't like to own guys. I like to wait and see again. But this this just feels good. This feels like a good fit. The board fits. He, he passes the eye test for managers for me. He looks like a good manager on the sidelines. Uh, <laughs> he, looks tough. he looks like he's going to get the most out of his players. Hi, uh, I, I just like, I have good feelings about Crystal Palace. Hey, Brian. Brian, listen, there's, there's no better way than to tell the value of a manager than if he passes the eye test, you know. Yeah, you want he, he needs to look stately on the side. Yes, line. that's a very important quality. A- absolutely. Hey, uh, and not not um, skittish or, or panicky the way <laughs> say a Slavin Milic looks, <laughs> even if he's wearing a suit. Hey, tell, um, hey, tell me about the. Well, first of all, I'm absolutely owning Zaha to start the season. Uh, he was uh, their best player last year. He kind of, I feel like he kind of came out of his shell a little bit last year. He was fantastic, um, and I think that's kind of a no-brainer. Like Brian was saying, that percentages kind of show that. Let's. I want. I want to talk about one, maybe, maybe one or two other guys really quick. Luka Miljojevic, and I, I probably definitely did not say that correctly. So Brian, yeah, I'm, because we did a how to say on him, Dave. I know, I know, we did. So I knew, I'm, I'm gonna need you to Man. to straighten me out on that. But bottom line is. Uh, I, I was uh, saw brother Matt recently, and and brother Matt was was definitely thinking about having him in a starting lineup. And as a as five billion dollars, that guy came into their squad last year in the January period and like starts taking PKs, and yeah. and ended up being a valuable player in their midfield. And I just wonder if that's not going to continue for them. Uh, at the start of the season, because if he continues to be a valuable player and take PKs for them, and we know how Zaha likes to get fouled, at $5 billion, that turns into being a steal as like a fifth midfielder, in my opinion. Yeah, I like I like Luka Milivojevic. Yeah, thank you. There it um, is. For $5, and he's more PP 
people own Yaya Torre and John Joe Shelby. I feel like that's insulting. That, that's horrible. Because, uh, exactly, what are those guys going to do? But yeah, you're exactly right. Um, one of the things that we know for sure, in the formation as it exists now, Luca was playing a little deeper. Uh, he was playing a little more defensively for them. Um, but the feeling was if they had, uh, if they were able to get more defensive help, which didn't they just, didn't Crystal Palace just, is, the, is, it, is the, the transfer complete for uh, Timothy uh, Fosu Mensa from, I think, Manchester yeah. United? Um, yeah, so they were looking for defensive help. The, the feeling was that Luca could push back up to where he's more natural in a, more of an attacking role in midfield. Um, so the, the help looks like it has come. The question is, you know, is he is he going to be an attack more? But yeah, Dave, that's exactly it. He's on free kicks and he's on penalties for them. Yeah. And the fans love him. Yep. So I have absolutely no issue. I think it's exactly it, it's a it's a really good get way to cover. Crystal Palace without owning Zaha if you're not going to own Zaha. Yeah, I agree. Well, Dave, Dave, I'm going to give you even more reason to want to own the two Crystal Palace midfielders to start the season, and that is that they host Huddersfield Town. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to talk about Christian Benteke? Quickly. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure don't. Well, all I want to say is there's only two available forwards for Crystal Palace, and, and one of them is Connor Wickham, uh, who will not be playing for any time, any time in the foreseeable future. Christian Benteke is $8, and if you want a guaranteed starter, there is almost no better guarantee at forward than Christian Benteke. No, that's a good call, Brian. But, hey, you know what? I don't get points for minutes. Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott's just jaded. He's just jaded with, from his Liverpool feelings so. from Benteke. Speaking of being jaded, uh, City. Uh, there's really only four names on this roster that we have ever talked about. Not much has changed with it, unfortunately, for Swansea fans so far this summer. Um, the first name is Fernando Llorente. He's out to start the season, so now we're down to three. In defense, you got two $5 defenders, Elfie Mawson and Mark Nelson. Sure, if you want to go there, go for it. Uh, and then there's Gilfie Sigurdsson, who's almost certainly not going to be there to start the season. Gilfie Sigurdsson is exactly the reason why the transfer market needs to close on July 31st and not August 31st. Because Gilfie Sigurdsson hasn't been playing with Swansea in the preseason because, for whatever reason, Everton are dragging their feet getting this transfer completed already for Gilfie Sigurdsson. Which means that Gilfie's not going to play for Swansea when the season starts this weekend. Then he's going to get sold to Everton. But he hasn't been training, so he's going to need a couple of weeks to get ready and up to speed. At most, in week three, we're going to get a Gilfie Sigurdsson off-the-bench appearance. Then we're going to go on the international break, and then Gilfie's going to come back in mid-September and finally be the Gilfie that we all know and love. And the Everton Gilfie in mid-September is going to be a Gilfie that I'm going to own in my midfield, just like a Swansea Gilfie has been someone that I have owned for the last two years. That's not going to change when he goes to Everton. I just hate the system, and I'm glad to have the chance to argue against the system that's going to keep me from owning Gilfie Sigurdsson for the next month and a half. Yeah, that's a good call, Scott. You nailed it. 
I, uh, you're not often right, but when you are right, you nail it, and, you, <laughs> and you're nailing it right now. Uh, you're right. There's nothing I can add to that. Swansea is a big pile of poo, with the exception of Sigurdsson. And ex- if you want to, you know, the one little, the one little flower growing in the poo might be Alfie Mawson, because you might get a goal from him every now and then. But otherwise, man, get, just get me away from 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 Wales. Get, get me away from Swansea. Yep. By the way, I'm going totally out of order. I forgot I wanted to make a bold prediction on Crystal Palace real quick. I'm going to make a prediction that, uh, I know we talked about two other midfielders, but I'm going to make, I'm going to make the prediction that by November, our podcast is going to be discussing Ruben Loftus' cheek for Crystal Palace. Okay. has the most uh, most playable players for me. I think Tom Heaton is still playable. Only reason why is because he plays at home in a fortress called Turf Moor where Burnley seems to be really good. And then I really like Ben Mee and or other Burnley defender. I, I would own Burnley defender and or Tom Heaton. I have no issue owning either one. I, I think they're probably both good plays until they prove me otherwise. Thank you. 
if you play any one of those three guys, Andre Gray, Sam Oaks, or Ashley Barnes, but I could be wrong. Watford, they finished just above the relegation zone. They have uh, an interesting squad. Dave, anyone on Watford you're interested in? Nope. Big pile of poop. That's good enough. Yes, go straight to Newcastle. I mean, all right. uh, Matt Ritchie, I think, uh, for for sure, out of $6 guys on on the lower table teams, yeah, I would definitely take a chance on Matt Ritchie for exactly the reason we said for other players. He's been there. We've already seen it. I know Newcastle's just freshly back, but I feel like they've got the most to prove uh, to stay back up, and Matt Ritchie is is an, an integral part of what they're trying to do. You know, uh, we we were so excited about Newcastle in our Newcastle episode this summer, but i got to be honest, since that episode, the more I look at their squad, the more I'm worried for them I am. There's a lot of known guys here, but no one I want to own. And uh, and no one that I'm really excited and can point to and say, yeah, that's, that's just going to keep them up this year. I think Newcastle is going to struggle a little bit more than, than we had originally thought. Possibly. Well, guys, I think that's the end of it. We covered it. I know. I hopefully this the crap recording turns out to be pretty good. I, listen, the knowledge is there, the inputs there, uh, so hopefully, you know, it's going to turn out for us. Agreed. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. <laughs> hey, in a few days. just in there in a couple days, the Premier League season gets going. Well, listen for uh, for Brian and and Scott and the entire Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith, and until next time.